Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So, there is a figure in the Bible whom interpreters have connected with the Passover lamb. And no, this is not the typical Sunday school answer. Did you think it was going to be that easy? These are traditional Jewish interpreters we're talking about. And we are used to understanding Messiah Yeshua as the Pesach lamb, right? So the question is, who do you think is this mysterious figure? Any guesses right now? Isaac? Any other guesses? Joseph? Moshe? Those are very good. Well, we'll have to dig in and find out. One of the areas of growth for me as I'm becoming an ordained rabbi is familiar, familiar, is talking apparently, public speaking, and also familiarity with this book. Does anyone know what this is? It's a siddur. Siddur is related to the word seder, which we had a few days ago, which means what? Order. That's right. And so uh, the siddur is the order of our prayers, just like the, the seder is the order of how we tell the Passover story. You may have noticed over the past year some adjustments and tweaks to our liturgical and musical worship service. Our lay cantors and worship leaders have grasped hold of a vision toward making our worship service dynamic and integrated and fitting with the traditional narrative of prayers on Shabbat. So this narrative goes from uh, verses of praise and morning prayers like Baruch Baruch Sheamar Olam. Remember that one? We did it, we did it this morning and we didn't used to do it. So we're integrating these these prayers. Um, and, uh, and then it goes to uh, the Shema and its blessings. The Shema actually has is so important that it has blessings to surround it, and it starts with the Baruchu, right? And then, uh, and then we have, what comes next after that? Does anyone know? The Amidah, the standing prayer, right? Uh, which is the oldest and most central part. And then we have the Torah service where we read from God's word. So for the past 30 years or so, we have relied on a special Messianic Sador created by Jeremiah Greenberg. Does this look familiar to some of you guys? Yes, this old trusty Purple, uh, purple Sidur. I think uh, some of you were using it today. Yeah, Lloyd has his, right? And uh, I noticed that um, Kathy 
had a, a Corinsador, which is the same one that I'm using. This is a kind of a standard uh, traditional Sador. She was using that in the small sanctuary. Um, so it's very, it's very cool that we have these as resources. What's nice about these trusty books is, uh, especially this one, is they have some uniquely messianic uh, versions of the blessings, right? Like the blessing of the Messiah that we do uh, is not in a traditional Sador, but we uh, it's, it's in here. So that kind of helps us and we connect that with the Shema, the oneness of God. However, there are a few things missing in this Siddur, uh, even though it's been a trusty, uh, helpful thing for, uh, you know, since we started basically for the 30 years of our, our, of our ministry here. And so what we're doing is we're incorporating some more traditional things from, from the Koran um, as we're able. And we're also uh, integrating music. You notice that uh, David Haller played this morning the Yotzer Or song, the, 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 the song about God creating light, right? He creates light and creates all things. And then integrating Yeshua within that because he is the light of the world. This is part of the, the Shema and its blessings just before the Shema. And uh, we didn't used to do it. And now we have this beautiful song that David has written. So in other words, we're working together and integrating our, our worship because we understand that music and liturgy go together as a one worship service. Amen? All right. And so that's what we're doing. We're uh, continuing to, uh, to write new songs and partner together. The cantors and the uh, instrumental worship leaders are working together every week to try to integrate that. And this is because of two reasons. One, uh, we are a synagogue and it's part of our identity to, as such to be faithful to the traditional narrative of Jewish prayer. And two, we also want our Jewish visitors to see and understand how Yeshua and Jewish faith fit together seamlessly. Can I get an amen on that? All right. The Siddur prayer narrative, it follows the sacrificial system in the temple and it connects us to the past as well as to other Jewish communities. Every synagogue uh, all around the world, they're doing the same prayers that we did this morning. Now, there's one prayer in here, which we have never done, and it caught my attention this week in preparing for the sermon. It is part of the morning blessings, which traditional Jews sometimes say even before entering the synagogue. It's part of the, the, early, the first couple pages, and I think it has an interesting Passover connection, and here we find the answer to our mystery person, who interpreters felt was the Passover lamb. This is on page 32 of the Koran Siddur, and if you have one, you can follow along, or you can follow along on the screen. Our God and God of our ancestors, remember us with a favorable memory, and recall us with a remembrance of salvation, Yeshua, and compassion from the highest of high heavens. Remember, Lord, our God, on our behalf, the love of the ancients, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants the covenant, the loving kindness, and the oath you swore to Abraham, our father, on Mount Moriah, and the binding which he bound when he bound Isaac, his son, on the altar, as it is written in your Torah. So who among you said Isaac was the Passover lamb? All right, you get a Torah point. Very good. And here the Siddur quotes the entire passage from Genesis 22, 
of the binding of Isaac. So I want us to try to imagine this scene and uh, try to find the connections also that it may have to Passover. Because usually it's a, it's a Rosh Hashanah verse, right? But I found this connection. So let's read uh, the part of uh, the Lord God or the angel of the Lord together. It should be in bold. Sometime, <clears throat> let's see. Now it was after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him altogether, Abraham, you got to have that booming voice. All right. So we got to work together on this. One, two, three. Abraham. Very good. He he said, here I am. Then he said together, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains about which I will tell you. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and got up and went to the place about which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, sit yourselves down here with the donkey. As for me and the young man, we'll go over there, worship, and return to you. Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and put it on his Isaac, his son. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac said to Abraham, his father, my father. And he said, Hineni, here I am, my son. He said, look, here is the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And another way to translate is that is that God will see. The two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place about which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there, laid out the wood, bound up Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of Adonai called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Very good. And he said, Hineni, here I am. Then he said, together, do not reach out your hand against the young man. Do nothing to him at all. For now I know that you are one who fears God. You did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes, and behold, there was a ram just caught in the thick bushes by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place Adonai Yireh, as it is said, on the mountain Adonai will provide, or Adonai will see. The angel of Adonai called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I swear, it is a declaration of Adonai, because you have done this thing, and you did not withhold your son, your only son, I will richly bless you and bountifully multiply your seed like the stars of heaven and like the sand that is on the seashore. And your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. Amen. Then Abraham returned to his young men and they got up and went to Beersheba and Abraham dwelled in Beersheba. So this entire story 
is in the the Koran Siddur at the beginning of our prayers. Very interesting, right? So on a daily basis, observant Jews approach God in prayer, beginning with the merit of Abraham and the merit of his son Isaac, his self-giving love. But how does this relate to Passover? Have you thought about it? Have you seen some connections? The rabbis have seen a relationship between the near sacrifice of Isaac and the slaughtered lamb of Passover, which some traditions even describe the blood of Isaac. If you think about that, it's not in the text, right? But the rabbis see this. They talk about the blood of Isaac and understanding the restoration of Isaac as a kind of resurrection. You see that in the book of Hebrews. The Mechilta de Rabbi Ishmael is a halakhic or legal midrash on the book of Exodus compiled around the third century in Israel. The work is often quoted in later rabbinic literature. Rabbi Ishmael comments on the Passover verse in Exodus 12, 23, where the Lord says that when he sees the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts of Israel's houses, he will pass over them. Not yet, brother. That's good. Thank you. So when he sees the blood of the lamb, he will pass over them. Since God knows all and sees all, the rabbi asks, why does God need to see the blood to distinguish between the Israelites and the Egyptians? What do you think? Why does the text say that? Here's our second mystery. What does it mean when God sees? So what does Rabbi Ishmael do? In typical rabbinical fashion, Rabbi Ishmael responds to his own question, just like I did, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a rabbi too, right? So he says, God sees as a reward for carrying out God's commandment to place the lamb's blood on the door. And it also means that God will be seen and protect his people, that God will be revealed. This is what follows after that. This is very interesting. This is a quote. And when I see the blood, Exodus 12, I see the blood of the Akeda. What is that? The binding of Isaac, as it is said. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will see. Remember, it's also could be translated, the Lord will provide. And further on, it says, and as he was about to destroy, the Lord saw and relented. That's from First Chronicles. Remember that. We'll talk about that in a second. What did he see? He saw the blood of the Akeda, the binding of Isaac. As it is said, God will see for himself the lamb, Genesis 22. So often what the rabbis do is they link different verses with similar words in order to get an interpretation. In this case, the common idea theme is that God does what? He sees, that's right. In order to find patterns and make connections, Rabbi Ishmael is linking the redemption during Passover to the trusting act of Isaac's self-giving sacrifice many generations earlier. God sees and rewards because why? He remembers the righteousness of Abraham and Isaac. This is how this event is remembered in the Siddur. Observant Jews approach God in the merit of of Abraham, in the merit of Isaac, the righteousness of his self-giving love enables us to approach God. 
Rabbi Ishmael links this to 1 Chronicles 21. Did you notice that? This is a story about King David, where the Lord is about to destroy because of uh, David's poor choices. And it gives us another thread to understand how God sees. God has compassion here. He sees and he spares Israel from a plague at the site where David built an altar. Well, where is that? Where did David build an altar? On the site of the future temple. That is Mount Moriah, the same site as the binding of Isaac. So Rabbi Ishmael shows us how the Passover lamb and the near sacrifice of Isaac, the site of the temple, and God seeing and having compassion, they are all linked thematically. Do you see that? Do you see all these things working together? And so I have a third and final mystery for us. What do some Jews do at the end of Passover? Have you ever thought about that? According to Scripture, the first day and the seventh day are what? They are holy. The seventh day is today. It's the sixth day of the Omer, but it's the seventh day of Passover, if I'm correct. I could be wrong, but I think, I think that's right, right? And so uh, the seventh day is today. Some Jews extend it, and there's an extra day of Passover starting tonight. Um, and then remember at the beginning of Passover, what do we do? We have a Seder commemorating the first Exodus. So what do you think would be done at the end of Passover? Any guesses? Pizza. <laughs> well, this is the seventh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I promised my wife I wouldn't get pizza after this because we're still trying to be good. <laughs> No, I, I'm talking about the seventh day of Passover. It's still during Passover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That was, a, that was a good guess, though, Andrew. Thank you. So in Jewish tradition, the last day of Passover was the crossing of the Red Sea. That was why that was our Torah portion today. You notice that we read about the redemption there. This is the fullness of the redemption, right? This is the final step in the, step in the story in which we were set free. In Hasidic Judaism, uh, kind of a very um, uh, orthodox, uh, very um, kind of mystic uh, form, sect of Judaism, uh, they conclude with something called the Seudat Moshiach, the meal of the Messiah on the last day of Passover. So there's a kind of another Seder, but it is the, the Seder of the Messiah. And they conclude the festival with not pizza, but with what? <laughs> with matzah, with the afikomen, that's right. And they talk about the messianic age and linking the redemption of the past to the redemption that is to come in the days of the Messiah, the final redeemer. They believe that the first day of Pesach is a festival of who? It's a festival of Moses. And the last day of Pesach is a festival of who? The Moses 2.0, right? This is, this is the Sunday school answer. This is Yeshua the Messiah. The Talmud says in Nisan, that's this month, in Nisan they were, re, were redeemed, and in Nisan they will be redeemed in the time to come. That is, the idea of Passover is that it points forward to future redemption and present redemption. It's not just a story about the past. Amen?
Our hope in Messiah Yeshua is that we can partake of the Messianic age now. We can experience freedom and wholeness in Messiah. This is because God sees us. He sees the righteousness of the son of Abraham, not just Isaac. He sees the righteousness of Yeshua. He sees the spotless, perfect lamb, and he credits us with that merit so that we can stand before God in prayer, so that we can experience his goodness and presence, not by our own merit, but by the merit of the righteous Messiah, Yeshua. This is the future redemption now because the kingdom of heaven has been inaugurated. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. Isn't that what Yeshua says? This is happening now. I want to encourage you uh, to take to partake in the meal of the Messiah today, the last day of Passover, or, or even the next time you take it, when you have that matzah, to think about the future redemption and the world to come and connecting that with the, the first Passover, because now we're in the, 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 the age of the Messiah. It has been inaugurated. And you can take that last bit of matzah, and you can remember also the final supper, the last Seder, where Yeshua connected his sacrifice with the Passover story. Our sages imagined, they imagined, they saw that Isaac shed his blood, even though it's not in the text. Why did they see that? Because they knew that the Messiah would be another son of Abraham, whose blood would bring atonement. God sees us and he invites us to partake with him, to share in his resurrection and redemption. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Chag Pesach Sameach. Let's pray. Abba, we thank you for your presence, for your redemption, for your redemptive acts on the earth, not only in the past, but for what you're doing now. We thank you that you see us. We thank you that you sent uh, the, the, the perfect version of Isaac the perfect version of Moses to redeem us. You sent the Messiah and we are now in the messianic age that our ancestors long for. Isaiah and Ezekiel long to see the things that we are seeing. And we say, hallelujah. We say, thank you, Lord, that we are able to partake with Messiah in this age, to understand the fullness of redemption. And we pray for that day, for the the age to come, that it would be upon us now and that you would help us to partake with the Messiah and help us to know that we are seen by you. That is, you provide a ram and you provide atonement for us to know you and to walk with you. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.